Todd Nadon is a former professional boxer out of here in Windsor, Ontario. He's known for his time at Kronk Gym over in Detroit, and it was the first Canadian to hold the IBO World Super Middleweight title. Join me, Drake Damore, as I chat with Todd about his boxing career, growing up in the Windsor area, and what he's up to today. Hello, how you doing? It's Zach Cassie. Adam Henry. Joe Siddle. Tom Crawford. Todd Warner. Brett Romberg. DJ Laramie. Holy Mackinac, you're listening to Wind City Sports. What up, everybody? My name is Drake Moore, and thank you for streaming or downloading this episode of the Wind City Sports Podcast. Windsor's only local sports podcast featuring interviews with local athletes, coaches, entrepreneurs, and much more. Available on WindCitySports.com every other Monday morning, of course, wherever you're listening to it now, including Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Give us a review on any app you might use, and also give us a like, follow, subscribe on any social media you like to use. We also have a YouTube channel, so you can subscribe there. Or follow us at WindCity underscore sports on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, always posting cool stuff, keeping you updated, and of course, promoting our show. I'll remind you about all that at the end of the show, though, as I normally do. But today is Monday, December 7th, 2020, and it's episode 213 of Win City Sports. This might be a short one for me this week uh, after uh, partying with the 33 boys last night. I uh, have some Sunday scaries going on right now, but nevertheless, we have a great interview for you. Um, interview that took place on the day that Mike Tyson stepped back in the ring to take on Roy Jones Jr. obviously uh, last weekend so it was pretty fitting to sit down with a former boxer and training or sparring partner of Tommy Hearns you might have heard of him and as well on the day that Logan Paul I believe Logan or Jake Paul has been announced to be doing an exhibition with Floyd Money Mayweather 2020 just doesn't stop disappointing and finds a new way to shock the world so Apparently that's going down, who knows how true that is for February 20th, but this week's going to be a boxing podcast, obviously, as mentioned, we have Todd Naden on the show, he's our guest, uh, he's, he's from Alberta, but he moved down here at a young age, he, he's boxed his entire life, uh, talks all about growing up, talks about getting into the sport, where he was training here as a young kid, and um, taking off from there, going over to the States, going to Detroit, and training at Kronk Gym, at Infamous Gym, I've talked about here on the show with Josh Cameron. Uh, former boxer, Todd St. Louis, former hockey player. A lot of the hockey players would go over there and train some boxing, as uh, we've seen actually since this whole uh, Jake Paul, Logan Paul, Nate Robinson, <laughs> Mike, all this stuff that's spewing out into social media, into the mainstream news now. You see a lot of people, uh, and of course with the rebuttal from the hockey players, um, you know, who would you like to see in the, in the ring? And... Uh, of course, Zach Cassian came up. He trains with Cedric uh, here in Windsor in the offseason with a lot of other you know, pro athletes, hockey players, CFL players, whoever it is. Um, where was I going with this again? I don't know. Boxing's in the news uh, nowadays uh, more than it has been in some time, which is great to see. But, man, what a, what a year it's been. Like I said, it's just <laughs> always something to surprise us. And uh, nevertheless, 2020 is uh one crazy year um but yeah so boxing's in the it's been in the news lately uh i had heard of todd before and uh, just happened to find him on twitter uh, as i mentioned to him in the uh, i don't know if it made it to the interview or not but or before we started recording but decided to reach out to him i'd heard his name and you know did some research on him uh figure what's what what's 
get him on the show. Let's hear his story. Let's, uh, and I wanted to kind of talk more about Kronk Jim and, and uh, you know, the prestige and the, the toughness that came out of there, which is something that we really talk about. And, um, you know, all the different people, different kind of athletes that might have went in there as well is a good story. So we're going to get into that interview in just a minute here. And then uh, following that, we'll see what topics I have to talk about. Not much going on lately, except for the uncertainty of uh, the world and the sports world going forward talk about if we're going to have junior hockey or not this year talk about uh god knows what else see i can find any local local news and stuff to talk about for after our interview um so without further ado here's todd naden former professional boxer ibo middle super weight title champion first ever canadian to hold it he's fought in the barn he's fought at the joe at the cobo hall um so many different places so a lot of good stories with todd here we go so I'm here with uh, Edmonton born, but moved to Windsor at the age of eight. Was a boxer from a young age up until his pro days in the 80s, 90s, sporting a record of 15, five and one. He's a Windsor-Essex Sports Hall of Famer, now back in the Windsor area, living here in Bell River, Ontario. Todd Naden, welcome to the show, man. All right. Thank you for thank coming you. out, man, I appreciate thank it. Thank you, thank you. This is an uh, uh, interesting time, and yeah. it's, uh, it's a good time that uh, that we got to, got to sit down while I'm in town. That's what I love to do, man. Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk about kind of, you know, as I mentioned, you moved here at a young age. You know, let's kind of go back to the beginning as much as you can remember, of course. Uh, about moving to Windsor, you know, the first kind of area that you were around and stuff like that. What do you remember about first coming to, coming to Windsor? Um, well, we moved to uh, Riverside, and I think we, we bought a home on Lozon Road. So um, and my dad was in the military. He was a PPCLI in Edmonton, a paratrooper division, which I believe the PPCLI now is uh, Special Forces in Afghanistan, for Canada. Um, it's pretty cool. Yeah. So, and I went to, actually, I went to a uh, one of the PPCLI uh, 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 veterans meetings in Edmonton one time at the base, um, and quite a few other guys that were there. And it's funny, because I found out the business I'm in now, which we can jump around, but sure. I found out from the business I was in now, there's a guy that I do business with today that's a colonel, or was a colonel, in the in the Canadian PPCLI. His father was my dad's CO. That's cool. Can you believe that? Yeah. That's It's a, like life and sports and things. Those, those connections are crazy. Yeah, yeah, I, we were in shock. And, and so, ironically, we... Um, we still do business today, and, uh, and we still keep in contact. He lives in uh, Red Deer, oh, okay. Red Deer, Alberta. So uh, you were out there for a while too. Yeah, I lived out that way for yeah. a while. Lived in uh, Vancouver and in Calgary. Uh, both beautiful cities. Yes, very. But nothing like home. Yeah, well, obviously it's always that's that thing. Is home is always <laughs> home, right? Nothing like home. I mean, the the uh, the atmosphere is incredible. The people, you know, both cities, great, incredible people. Multicultural, you know, to all levels, but just a you know, thriving, thriving cities for both. Right, you know, oil and gas for Calgary, and, uh, and shipping mostly for uh, you know, shipping and, uh, and uh, coal. Ironically, comes out of uh, Vancouver through through the Rocky Mountains. If you yeah. So a lot of shipping for that. A lot of wood pulp and paper movement out of there. Um, and obviously the mountains are right there, so you can see them every day, and it's so beautiful to look at. Especially when you grow up here and you don't see that. Oh, yeah. You get that yeah. experience. So I bought a house there after I sold my first business in uh, 2010. 
and I kept a home there until 2016 and sold it a few years old. And then moved to Toronto and uh, bought a home there uh, in Oakville. And uh, then moved. It's funny because my parents were getting older and I wanted to come home and wanted an excuse to come home. So uh, that's what that's what brought me back to Bell River now. Okay. So be happy that's cool Bell River is beautiful too man. I love, I love it out here too if I like I'm a Windsor guy but if I'm gonna move I gotta put this on record now I guess if I'm gonna move out of the city it's gonna be Bell River you know for sure summertime here it's awesome you know, we bought a nice place on, uh, on the Peace River we yeah. can take our kayaks out and it's just exactly. a, a it's different life altogether. but um, the, the, the key thing is, is, is you know there's songs about this but just home Home will always be special, no matter what. No matter what. Yeah. Uh, so, I like. I like. You know, yeah. yeah, absolutely. I, I've heard tons of people say that. You know, not just Windsor, but you know, it could be. It doesn't matter how many, how famous you are, how much money you have. Home is home. You know. Touche. Absolutely. And and you know, you, you mentioned your dad, and your dad, I believe, had was a boxer as well, right? So. But he was uh, uh, when he was in the military, yeah. so PPCLI uh, mm-hmm. in the sixties, and uh, I believe 1964. He won the uh, Alberta Golden Box, yeah. um, and he he started me off when we moved from Alberta. We moved down to uh, I, I believe it was uh, Hawkesbury, Chute de Blondeau. Those towns right near uh, Alexandria or yeah, near Ottawa, very close within the hour of Ottawa. Okay, I think it's Preston County. Uh, might not be right with the county, yeah, but uh, he started a boxing club there. Um, and, Part of the reason was I was getting picked on by uh, by kids there because uh, I was a new kid, right? And of I course, think yeah. through time people make friendships, and I didn't have any really at that time. And I was eight, so uh, he figured I'll start a little gym. We'll get some people in. You'll meet some people that are like-minded to you, and, sure. uh, and then I'll teach you how to box as well. So it ended up. Coming career, and I don't think he expected that. Yeah, so. probably yourself either. <laughs> no, I didn't. Uh, I, I, you know, I think it, ironically, if you if you if I look back and I think about it, I when I started boxing, I liked it because I would be learning self defense and no one would pick on me. But I think after that stopped, it was pretty well high schoolish time where my I had a reputation as being a boxer, so nobody really. <laughs> None of that would really happen very often. For sure, yeah. Um, and and it, 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 I think that's when I started. And I didn't realize it at that time, but I started visualizing and meditating at that young age, which I don't see my kids do. But I can, and I try and, if you think about it, you really, really think about it. You visioned yourself for what you're going to be, and if you can really hone that and practice, because you got to practice. Yeah. But and believe that someday, if that chance comes, you'll be ready for it. Does that make sense? It's only me. Yeah. I'm driving in the I'm driving the car in the wrong direction and that's where we're going. But I just You see what you want. The most you important the thing to, to me is if I can see what I want to get to where I want to be. Yeah. So you do the work to get to where you want to be, right? Uh, 
Well, not over. I mean, practice makes perfect mm -hmm. in all scenarios. But even in that, I mean, if you're if you're mentally, you know, it's actually ironic. We'll skip over and we'll jump. Oh, we'll I'm gonna flip over and rock. And, yeah. So, I, I'm getting asked, uh, "What's gonna happen tonight, Tyson and Jones?" Uh, I don't know. Um, it's a sparring match. Yeah, but, yeah. But there's, they're, they're they're two incredibly talented, totally different boxing styles. And completely different. One comes to you, bob and weave. One boxes you and hits you with multiple combinations, multiple times, and, and then moves away from you before you can hit him, who is a defensive expert. So one's an attack expert, and one's a defensive expert. What do you think is going to happen? I, 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 I don't know. I'll tell you, though, not picking anyone, but the best defense is always the best offense. Right? So... And, I, and I, it's ironic because I wrote that this morning, I think on Facebook, replying to a boxing mention of some of Thomas Hearns. And it was just ironic this morning. Mm -hmm. They were talking about the Hearns-Hagler fight. And my reply was, the best offense is defense. Because if you can protect yourself, you can obviously return fire. But if you can't protect yourself, then... Then you're only receiving fire. Mm -hmm. You got a problem. Make sense? Sounds very familiar. But <laughs> <laughs> all sports, isn't it? And yeah. people think about offense, offense, offense. Well, you're not a goal scorer. What about the defenseman that's making sure that you don't get scored on, giving you the opportunity to get that? Mm -hmm. So, uh, and I didn't see that as much as I do now. Yeah. For sure. Later in my life, a little more experience. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a couple more years under my belt. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're looking back now. <laughs> looking back, <laughs> recollecting, <laughs> you know. So uh, a lot of a lot of ironies come up, and you think to yourself, you know, which, I'm, which I coach people now, but I, I, mean, I try and teach them. It's you know, it's purely can I protect myself? Safety first, then. Uh, Absolutely, man. Drifting off. <laughs> no worries, no worries. But um, you know, you mentioned you play hockey. You know, here now, I'm sure growing up, you you were in other sports too. But you you said like boxing seems to have always been like the kind of thing, right? Boxing is an individual sport, so uh -huh. it, the only thing you can rely on is yourself. There's nobody passing you the puck uh, or not passing the puck. You're not in charge of checking someone if they come across the line. You're not. Uh, you don't have to spin the ball to someone to get over the net. You know. It's an individual sport that requires that belief in yourself above all. Um, persevering when nobody wants to do it because you have to do it. Um, going to the gym by yourself, working out on your own when your trainer doesn't show up or something happens. Or just Everything was alone. There, you know, there's certain teams I mean, or groups of people that I, that I, I kept around while I was doing it. Like, I'll give you one example, Andy Wong. Andy Wong, yeah, yeah. my age, I, mean, I think he's probably, maybe he's a little younger than me, like a year, but we spent our, almost our entire amateur careers and all our pro careers almost together, training with each other. Andrew Wong's a, a welterweight and a Canadian champion welterweight, one of the greatest welterweights for me to ever come out of Canada. This guy would spar with anyone, and you'd hit him sometimes, and he'd go, Nice shot. Try it again. Try it. Come on. And like, you better watch out because he's coming back to give you one. And he was, 
I mean, incredible. I, mean, I still keep in touch with Andy, but uh, mm. just stories I got. Pete Postoka, Canadian, yeah, yeah, yeah. Canadian champion amateur. I think it's funny because there's only two or three people. I'm trying to remember the name right now. I, it's, it was at Cronk for a while. I'm just looking them around. Two or three people that could hit harder than that guy. Out of Windsor, that guy came from. The power that this guy had. Look, I, 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 had, I had 95 registered fights altogether, amateur. Yeah, yeah. So I had to have been in the ring 30, 40,000 times. Yeah. Easily, yeah. I mean, think about that. All the fights and then the fights getting canceled or whatever. Training, training, training. Yeah, exactly. Not, just, just, we tried one day to figure it and we figured right around that. So of that, Pete Pistoka is in the top three I've ever sparred with, and I've sparred with a lot of guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a lot of guys in Kronk, a lot of guys in New York, a lot of guys in Detroit, a lot of guys in Chicago, Vegas, uh, Arizona, anywhere I went, to England. Uh, some of these guys out of Windsor were just like, like, <laughs> like, they were there with the top in the world. And sometimes it's just, and I don't know, why he didn't continue because he's a good fighter as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, Andy Wong went on to become a Canadian champion and, and uh, you know, so retired shortly after. And he works for the casino. So, uh, literally, definitely the best in Canada. But I, I've been around, I spoke yeah, a bunch yeah. of guys, these guys, and they're all Windsor people. So, Mary Spencer worked out with her for a long time, spent six months a month with her all. Pre-Olympics, um, working on handbag stuff and then just handbag stuff and, and look at her. Um, uh, Josh Canty, now he's yeah. a principal at uh, um, Herm. I think he's at. Well, he, I think he's at um, Kennedy now. Okay, but, but he's been yeah whatever. Yeah. Another incredible boxer. His wife, his wife, uh, um, Margaret Canty, won a world title. Yeah. Um, uh, Kara Rowe, world title. She was a chronic boxer. Oh, she had? She, yeah. she boxed at Kronk. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I sparred with her a bunch of times, and uh, she was good. Yeah. So we look at all these, we hear about all these people, you didn't even talk to me. But I'm one of so many. Of course. There's, yeah. there's, a, there's a line of just Charlie Stewart. Um, he was a Canadian Edward champion at some point. Yeah. Something in the water or something, you know? Just, it, it, maybe it is good. <laughs> But when you when you when you hear all those names, you think, "Wow, uh, you know, Adam Trupish, been in the Olympics twice. Probably the most, uh, probably the most decorated amateur boxer that's ever come out of Windsor, as far as I know. Adam Trupish would be. Um, I had to have had two hundred amateur fights. Got to be around that. Yeah. And winning career, um, Canadian champion of Adam Adam, uh, Adam Andrew Cooner, another one. List goes on and on, man. I keep. I, keep, yeah. I, I just <laughs> no, want to say hi to all those guys. I know, yeah. Just name drops. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. But like Jason Hurst. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, Never ends. Out of Hammersburg, so it just yeah. continues to you know, Wayne Goodchild. Uh, I love all those. Dave Martin. Dave Martin, yeah. Yeah. Oh, Good boxer, but probably one of the best trainers I've ever been around. Dave Martin. Yeah. Hundred there's the, that aspect of it too, is you know coaching. That's the kind of sport it is too. You know, everyone's kind of a coach as they go on. 
just working with everybody. It seems like a like lot that. of them get into that. It, it's funny you follow it even with hockey players. You, know, you get yeah. the you, know, just, you follow that lineage that that was created somehow through what you believe in. Yeah. So and like obviously, so that this has been a something that you've loved for a long time. Like you mentioned, even at that high school age, you were you know visualizing yourself kind I, of going. I, I knew. I, I, it's funny because I knew. I knew that I wanted to stay and keep doing it um, past the Olympics. I wanted to be a pro at some point in time, but I, 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 and I never became the Canadian champion as an amateur. Um, never got that chance to go. Most of my fights were in the States, so um, I regret not becoming an amateur Canadian champion. I regret not making it to the Olympics. Um, Maybe not being good enough at that time. Uh, definitely um, missed that opportunity, but I, I think that that saved me to be meaner and better as a pro. Sure. Um, it's funny because I'll, you know, I'll switch gears for you just a second. So, <laughs> so I turned pro. My first experience with chronic boxing uh, was turning pro. I got a call from uh, um, Manuel Stewart. Boxing legend. Yeah, heard of him. <laughs> Kronk, yes. Yeah. If you hadn't heard of boxing, uh, student boxing, or even in any most sports, because he's he's a, a you know, synonymous name with boxing for sure. So get a call from him, Todd. Uh, how you feeling? Uh, I think I just stopped boxing, amateur, and I was contemplating going pro. I wasn't sure at the time. Didn't know what to do. Uh, Taking part-time classes in university, kind of just slugging along, trying to figure out what you're doing, and I was in my early 20s, and he said, why don't you come out and train with Tommy, and this was 887, uh, in Scottsdale, Arizona, he's going to fight Juan Roldan for the middleweight championship of the world, and uh, we need guys like yourself that box like Juan Roldan, and Juan Roldan's nickname was The Hammer. And I nick I nicknamed myself <laughs> the Hammer because it's ironically because of him. Yeah. Uh, I got the name, so I thought it's cool. Man. That's, that's it's, great. <laughs> I don't really talk much about that. But that's uh, when you recollect how you give yourself a nickname, <laughs> or someone if someone doesn't already give you a nickname. Yeah, so, yeah. You know, I don't. I wasn't at that level where I got a good nickname, so I had to make one. <laughs> and it stuck. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, you know, I. I at some point in time, it, uh, it's on my plate for my motorcycle. So, hammer. hammer. Got, my eyes got me that one. One year, it was nice. So anyway, so I'm, I'm, I think I'm a businessman. So I'm like, what will you pay me per round to spar with Tommy Harris? Think about this. I'm going from amateur to going to train with a world champion yeah. professional, and he's the Cobra. For a reason, because that was his nickname, right? Because yeah. his, his his jab was incredible, and he just he could light you up. So man says, "Well, we'll turn you pro with us, and we'll we'll pay you to spar with Tommy two hundred dollars a round to start, and we'll pay for everything for you to come out." And, and I'm not doing anything. I'm slugging along. I think I was. So I, I, you know, I think at that time I was I was delivering meat, you know, for a meat company. I 
quickly. And if you look back in, in time, so I think there's a picture of me banging on a knee. Yeah, like Rocky. Like, doing the old Rocky yeah. thing. Like that. You know, that's not my original idea, though. Yeah. So. But I got it off uh, yeah, of the Rocky movie. I'm like, let's do the meat. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder who ate that steak. Because oh, it would have been tenderized. <laughs> Soft as can be. Yeah. This, this, yeah, they should have charged a little bit more for this piece because it's been tenderized <laughs> properly. By Todd's hands, <laughs> By Todd yeah. So that, that might be worth more money today than it did. Yeah, then. yeah, for real. Because nobody really even knew where it was at the time. But, uh, anyway, so a couple of key things happened to me during that time. And, that was, and it was in 87, and so, geez, I think it was June or July, we are in Arizona, carrying on in boxing training camp, waking up at five in the morning, going for an hour jog, then Tommy would get ready, hit the bag, do whatever, you guys gotta get ready. And this is my first experience training with someone for a world title. So, and I didn't realize this, but it's funny, because they put a fresh guy in with Tommy every two rounds. So I'd only go in for two rounds and I'm done for the day. I'm thinking I'm gonna spar with him all the time, being like, I'm gonna collect all kinds of money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and, and hopefully he doesn't beat the crap out of me <laughs> so I can survive. So I was afraid of that too. If he lights you up, you're, you're done for your training camp and you go home. <laughs> but I lasted through it, but so it was only two rounds a day, but so two rounds with myself, Two rounds with Milton McCrory, two rounds with uh, uh, anyone from the boxing club, the, the, the Crunk Gym. Most of those guys were world title holders already. Mm -hmm. So I know you got a guy coming in from Canada. I'm thinking I'm pretty good. I you know I boxed Golden Gloves in the U.S. a few times. You know I'm uh, I think I'm a badass, and I get in the ring with the world champions where I've watched them on TV and going. I was jaw dropped. So we're training, we're training, we're training, we're going on, and all of a sudden, a couple guys walk in, these white guys. They look like country boys, kind of like looking at them going, who the hell are these guys? Bob Probert, Joey Koser, and uh, we'll think Could be anybody. anybody. <laughs> Gleamington guy. Oh, Darren McCarty. Darren McCarty comes in. These guys walk in, they were, they were sent to us in, who are these guys, Manuel? And they're talking for a minute, and he goes, "That's well, Red Wings. They're sending those guys in to train with us to learn how to fight better. If they're going to go at it, they want them to learn better from Detroit guys." So sure. I, I literally um, trained with those guys for a couple of weeks, and we became friends. And uh, I, I continued training with Bob Probert thereafter um, for a couple more years every summer. So we became friends. We wrote our Harleys together and hung out. Very cool. It was very sad to yeah. see that, but it's kind of ironic how it all got paired together. And, yeah, and it you know, became my part of my history for me. Uh, my my friend made some friends and got to meet the NHL guys. You know, got to go to, got to go to games every now and again. Uh, and uh, it was a, I stayed a part of the that that group for a long time through their careers. So it was it was uh, boxing's brought me so many different. Places in different ways with so many different people. Yeah. Um, it it uh, and being able to use the, the skills that I've learned from that, from just meeting people and becoming a people person, uh, catapulted me into getting uh, different work and uh, jumping back and forth. But you know, I went into the scrap business after I retired and worked for Zayla Feathers, 
for five years, and then I went over in the States for four or five years and worked for uh, a scrap coming over there, uh, and formed my own recycling company after that, sold it to another company uh, locally, uh, and then um, reopened another scrap company, and now I'm a partner with another company called Detroit Scrap. Okay. And uh, they're all over they're all over North America. Yeah. I didn't realize how big they really are, but uh, so I'm a partner of one of five guys. Um, and I'm a scrap dealer now. <laughs> Demolition, decommissioning, usable material and, and scrap. So it's just funny how, how it all rolled its way out to be where I've always tried to be managing what I was doing on an individual basis and just keep coming through that way. Yeah. In my life, I've just been so blessed and uh, so fortunate to, to have so many opportunities come my way and so many things like that. Yeah, that's life. From maybe from boxing, maybe not from boxing, but from that that networking, like that one networking another, intelligence yeah. that's created from 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 opening your horizons and being able to go. Into it. I'm, I don't know anyone in here in this room, but I'm going to try and then someone make a friend. Yeah, absolutely. And that's been um, that's been definitely a part of my, my whole existence. Yeah. Well, that's something I kind of want to talk about too. As you had mentioned, you know, through boxing, you got to travel the world. And, but it all kind of started here too. I mean, first fights at the barn, which at the time, like obviously people remember it for the, the Spitfire days. But to understand, there was a lot of boxing events there and stuff like that. So you know, and it's funny the jump just out of that a little bit, but the. Fighting at the barn, um, the owner of the barn, Steve Riolo. <laughs> nice to work Steve for Steve. Yep. Nice work at BMR. What a magnificent guy. Steve stayed with me my entire career. And he lives down the street from me. And we still, I, he was over to my house this summer. For, uh, for when you're, when yep. you're, you're brother my dad <laughs> your dad so when your dad came to my house steve was there yeah he told i don't me. know if he mentioned yeah he it did, was yeah. funny because uh you know i didn't know your dad knew steve yeah but it was it, it, it was and i love steve and his wife and they're there like it was like the dawn was there yeah <laughs> because my parents were sitting with, with you know my parents came when came and sat with, with the dawn and i love that guy man he's so caring, so considerate, and such a gentleman. In my world, at least, you know, his family and him, it's just, um, they were, they were, they were also uh, people that were on the sidelines, you don't even know, but they were there cheering me on and, yeah. and, and encouraging me, hosting events where, where I was and, and doing things where people don't get recognized for that, and no one really looks at it, but, but what a magnificent family and what a magnificent man that guy is. Absolutely, yeah. But truly, that's again. That goes back to the roots of of yourself and and everything you've been able to do. And then from there, you fight at the Palace, at Cobo Hall, at the Forum in Montreal, in, in England, like you mentioned as well. Yeah, so yeah. Those had to have been pretty cool. You know, I think, uh, and it's funny because you tie those all those events in. But um, go back to I think we weren't recording at the moment. We were talking, but I, you know, I, I got to where I got through opportunities. Maybe uh, the door opening at the right time, the right moment. You take that opportunity, you take a chance. Sometimes you close your eyes and you go and, uh, and say, this is it. And, and that happened for me 
not in sequence that I wanted necessarily at, at, at certain times, but it did happen for me, but it also um, created what I am right now for me and gave me the opportunities to be um, as good as I can be at what I do right now with, with people and with, with, um, with my confidence level as well. It's cool to talk about all this stuff for you know again like we're we're telling the stories of people from Windsor we're documenting it you're the first if not only person to hold the IBO World Super Middleweight or the first sorry the first Canadian um, what's kind of go through that because that seems like it was like a little bit of a, a rivalry with Willie Ball you know you had lost to him and then you won the title from him in your next fight right so uh, Willie Ball um, got an opportunity to fight him in London Ontario a ten round match and. Uh, I'll drift out and I'll drift back in with you on this, but uh, boxing is an individual sport. So if you're not mentally there that day of the fight, doesn't matter what training you've done, you're not going to win. I know. Yeah. <laughs> so. I wasn't there that day for personal reasons. I was there in training and physically. I was just not there mentally. There was, there was some things going on in my life at that time, and I lost. And then Willie went on to win the world title in his next fight, I think, in Niagara Falls. So, okay. I think I'm in Buffalo, I, forget, I forget the, the chain of events exactly, but so. After he won the world title, and I'd straightened my brain out, but here, so now I'm going to jump away from that, just so. Tyson Jones. Someone says to me the other day, Tyson never really won any real big matches. Tyson, to me, lost his fights, like what I just said. His brain wasn't there. Physically, you couldn't beat him. At the time when he was 21, 22, 23, if Customato was in his corner with him, you're not winning. I'm going to guarantee that. I'll take my entire life savings and everyone else I know that could possibly give it. And you wouldn't have beaten a guy. No way. He was the best ever boxer that ever came out of I've never seen. At that time, with the mental capacity, with the proper coach, with the proper brainwaves. For sure. You can't. I've done it, so I know. So, mm -hmm. if your brain's not there, just like a hockey player, if you're not in the game, tennis player, anything where you, you any, any, any competition, when you're not on it, on the, I work, you're not there sure. mentally. Something's taking you away from driving your horse the proper way. You're not going to win. So, again, Back on, back on what I was doing. So it wasn't, whatever was going on in my life at that time, um, wasn't right. But I got an opportunity when Willie made the mistake of saying yes to me, almost five months after he beat me, he would fight me again. And I don't know, the gods came down and said, Todd, this is your opportunity for three months. Those three months that I had to train, I was focused on Willie Ball getting ready for him. And 
I knocked him down twice in two rounds and knocked him out in the twelfth round. Took the world title um, in St. Louis. Um, it was one of the most incredible times in my life. But it was just uh, it's just the thrill of it all. But, mm-hmm. uh, I was there mentally. Mm-hmm. I can skate every day and go out there and try and uh, put the puck in the net when there's a goalie not there. But when there's a goalie there, that's, that's a mental obstacle in my way. How can I beat the goalie? You get what I'm saying? Absolutely. So, so it, 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 I still skate the same tomorrow as I did yesterday because yep. I'm training. But if I'm not there in my mind, so I, I think that's the biggest part of. Uh, oh, no doubt. Well, yeah, you know, anyone that anyone that is a competitor that competes in anything knows it's mental. So yeah, absolutely. So when we talk about tonight, so mentally, I think mentally those two have agreed they're going to have a great sparring match and mm-hmm. not try and kill each other. Yeah, yeah. Um, but <laughs> will someone go crazy? So this is ironic because my wife was telling me about this the other day, and I mentioned it to Mark Lombardi of Lombardi's uh, Lombardi the Barber in uh, Tecumseh. Yeah. And, I, and it's just funny. I said exactly the same thing to him. I go, my wife stopped me. I was going to do a rematch with Thomas Hearns, a charity match, three years ago in Vegas. Really? And we were going to do this. My wife's like, one of you is going to throw the odd wrong punch, <laughs> and you're going to make it serious. And she goes, you just got your teeth fixed. And <laughs> she goes, I don't want you to do that. And we stopped. I just ended up dying. But it would have oh, been, been a charity. It would have been a yeah. charity event or anyway. But the, and we're going to do it. Yeah, we're going right. to do it at the D. Oh yeah, the D Dan, is the Detroit. Darren, uh, Darren, Darren Banks. Banks. Yeah. And Darren Banks is a friend of mine. And there's another story because I wish I would have met Darren earlier than we did, which was at the end of my career. Pretty well done. I think I was retired at the time. I would have loved to have trained Darren Banks because he's such a big, <laughs> ad, big guy, agile, um, quick on his feet. Uh, and when I did train him, when I did have time to do it, when I was retired, he caught on like that. He got it. Like yeah. He got. You know, sometimes you try and teach someone something they don't get it. Sometimes you teach. I don't know. My uh, my son. Plays guitar. He gets it, doesn't want to do it, but he gets it. Mm-hmm. When someone teaches him, he's like, Yeah, yeah, I get that. I don't want to do that. Like that. It's like, yeah, <laughs> you can be good at it, right? Yeah. <laughs> girls are like, it. Yeah, yeah. Hell yeah. I wish I could do yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, girls, we're just sitting around and we all play a few music, some the tunes, and you're in. <laughs> that's, that's hilarious. <laughs> and I, you know, you're I'm, right. I'm, you're right. <laughs> you're not wrong, that's for sure. No, I think there's my mistake. I can't play an instrument. Yeah. We're going to watch the fight tonight, and my cousin, yeah. Charlie Lambrick, will be there. Charlie Lambrick is um, another musician, professional musician, uh, like your family. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, he goes, oh, can I bring you anything tonight? You know, we, and I, he and I talk every week all the time because we, uh, we both do trading together. So I do uh, uh, metals trading or, or stock market trading as well. I'm kind of should compare. Yeah, yeah. We do day trading in front of sure. every now and then. Yeah. So we, we commiserate every now and again. But he says to me today, he goes, can I bring anything? I said... 
don't worry, we got a guitar in the house. If anything, if anything gets, we get a lull between fights. <laughs> yeah. You can uh, play the guitar. Brain, yeah. That's what I thought you were saying. Just bring the guitar. We're good. <laughs> exactly. And then you know, and that's what made me drift off to that because I thought to myself, I wish I knew how to play guitar. Maybe, maybe that would be. Uh, Oh, for sure. But I've, I've been married already, right. so I don't have to yeah. track any women anymore. If only you could. Right? Yeah. Well, I, that's the only one I really want to attract, but uh, maybe play for her if she'd like yeah. it. Yeah, Serenader or Never day. too late. <laughs> that's great, man. But, you know, you mentioned um, retire after retirement and everything that you've done pretty much since then. But how was the decision kind of made? You had your last fight in Halifax there and... So, so it, again, it's funny because I lost in Halifax and got knocked out uh, in the first round. And I uh, back on the mental state. So, I became the world champion physically, mentally. I thought it was more than that. I thought it was greater than that. I thought I was invincible at that time. Yeah. And lo and behold, you're not invincible. And I dropped my hand at the wrong moment in time and got caught in the wrong place on the chin, which is the perfect punch to knock For anyone out. Yeah. You're going away if I get you in the chin. If you give me a shot in your chin once, you're going to sleep. Right. So that's what happened to me. So, once again, you lose a fight or you lose somewhere in life, it's because you're off your game. Tell my son sometimes, if he's listening to this, if he's going to listen to this, take the garbage out Tuesday. <laughs> Get our routine, man. <laughs> I love him. He's a great kid, but I just don't want him. I had to throw that in. Yeah, you got to get in your legs, man. <laughs> Should have done video. <laughs> but, you know, like you said, just life gets in the way sometimes. And and uh, you, you've done a lot of things outside of boxing as well, as you mentioned. But you have education from Windsor and from San Francisco. So so I, I did an online master's okay. uh, in, uh, with the University of San Francisco. Went there twice to see the school. But then I did, I did my online master's in supply chain management. So... Um, it, I get to use that in the things I do when we're moving loads or, or, or when I'm doing a demolition um, with what I'm in now, yeah. uh, involved in now. Um, and I, I, it became, again, that mental thing, can I challenge myself to be better than I, than I to be better at something than I, than I ever thought I could be? Can I, can I go push myself to do something better than just boxing. Something that will give me, and I didn't, you know, I, ironically, I, I had the opportunity to work at Ford, I had the work, opportunity to work at Chrysler, and I ended up thinking to myself, I didn't want to do those jobs. Uh, I didn't want to be in line. At some point in time, you look back and you think, you regretfully, like, you know, one, one, two, three of my friends, four of my friends are already retired now, and I'm at the same age, and I'm still working away. So. You wonder what makes you turn the corner sometimes in your life, right? How those decisions are made. Um, fortunately, I'm still great at what we're doing and I'm still happy and mentally conscious and able physically and mentally work in the capacity that mm -hmm. I do and, and, uh, and still, still feel resilient in what I'm doing, still enjoy it. So, mm -hmm. uh, happy with that. Awesome. I, hope I, I didn't answer your question, but I kind of drifted off of that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Sorry. 
But I mean, for you, I mean, uh, besides the nine to five, quote unquote, I mean, you're still involved in, in boxing and training others as well too, right? Right. So uh, two things. So for, for me, it's not necessarily a nine to five. For me, my business, I make it a yeah, call so in like Vancouver. Unquote, yeah. it's, it, it's, you know, it's 10 o'clock here, but it's seven o'clock there. Yeah, yeah. So three, four hours difference all the time, different locations, different countries, different cities. But um, also in boxing, um, and, and, and this might be premature. But uh, I think it's I think it's it's coming. Um, you know, this year I got a couple of really neat things happening this year. So first thing was I got a call from an official of boxing in Ontario uh, saying, "Would I be interested in opening a boxing club in Windsor? Would I be interested in doing that?" I, you know, I don't know if I have the time. I don't know if I want to do the uh, do that necessarily. So I looked at it and I thought to myself, I don't know if I want to do it. We have, another, we have a meeting. This is an attorney um, with Boxing Ontario. Um, what about Cedric Ben? What's he up to? And I'm like, I, you know, I barely know Cedric. I've heard his name. Cedric's a great guy um, that I've heard of. Don't know him. Um, did you know Cedric Ben is an Olympic level five coach? There's only. I could be totally wrong. There's probably only five in Canada. I don't think I'm wrong. That can be in the ring for an Olympic event. That would be a level five, right? So for any Olympic event, I don't, I, I don't think I'm wrong with this. You have to be a level five coach in Canada. Cedric's one of them. Cedric's experience and Cedric's know-how is incredible. Cedric's, Cedric's teaching ability is a soft... From what I've seen, easygoing and very, very caring type of teaching that they, you know, he, so he tries to teach you how to do it so you understand rather than, you're not doing it right, you're not doing it right, you're not doing it right. This is why I'm telling you what you're doing. Mm -hmm. He explains it to you so you get it. You know, if it's a, so you can't explain it to me, Lucy. <laughs> so, and he does that. So, very soon. Hopefully next year, early next year, um, Cedric and myself and Boxing Interior are going to come to an agreement where we're going to open a gym in in Essex County. I've already got a name for it. We haven't agreed yet. Um, I've got a name for it, and uh, I'm hoping that all the loose ends that are out there that are still dangling. Come together, and you know, I spent uh, last last weekend. I was just on Saturday with Cedric. Uh, we worked out together, yeah. and uh, you know, we had some late conversation about, about what's going on. It's a legal matter right now. What's going For on? For sure, yeah. So um, it's between a couple of lawyers going on, and, and once we have that, we'll have a. Hopefully, we'll have a gym in the new year in uh, in the Windsor, and, and he'll be um, one of my partners. So I'm really excited. Yeah. So it's still just beginning. You still got you know the future to look forward to. Um, yeah. Obviously, the, your past experiences and stuff are probably going to relate into this business as well. Obviously, in the boxing uh, world, but. I think I think of myself more um, with that would be exactly. So um, in my mind, with this this you know, hopefully this business I'm, we're about to get into together, Cedric would be the main the main coach. Um, you know, I'm kind of being the guy on the sidelines, like the Mickey going, like, yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, you, uh, why don't we try that? 
or doing the business relation things. Cool. And, and I like that part of it. Yeah, absolutely. So, Cedric, if you're listening, God bless you, man. I love you. I'm sure you will. Yeah. Well, that's very cool, man. It's cool to document this and, and all this stuff, hear your story. Um, to kind of wrap it up, let's go back to Kronk for just one sec. Sure. Do you remember and what do you remember about the very first time you ever walked in there? Uh, the very first time I walked in there, Kronk Gym was uh, you know, almost downtown Detroit, more on the more on the west side of, the, of Detroit. Um, I remember parking my car, and I was driving a BMW 320i, which was very nice. At the time. Uh, yeah. And that was my signing bonus, so I bought, <laughs> that's why I bought my car. Um, parking the car and pulling up at the Kronk Gym, which was in downtown Detroit, the, the decrepit. Parts yeah. of Dun- like really, and not yeah, yeah. no, no, in '87 too, no right? Like, decrepit right? in low income, low, 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 uh, low employment at the time. Just a, pulling up to the gym, a Jaguar, a Mercedes, a Rolls Royce, a Porsche, a Ferrari. I pull up in this. <laughs> I pull up in a Beamer. This little Beamer, thinking to myself, "What am I getting into? And what's going on here?" I get to the front door. I don't know. I think the gym's upstairs. They send me. It's in the basement of the Kronk Gym, which burnt down, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but the original. Walking into the Kronk Gym, the Kronk Gym was um, probably, let's say, 75 by 90, 75 by 100. Wasn't what the you know maybe 8,000 square feet, maybe mm-hmm. bags all over and one ring in the middle. The temperature's 101. I keep it hot because the guys are always under the lights in the fight when they're in the matches on, on the ring in the big leagues. So the, the gym, for the boxers, it was always the pros come in in the morning. So 11 to 2, 11 to 3, and train at that time. And then the amateurs came in after that, after school, obviously, so then they had their time with, with the different coaches. But uh, walking into the gym at that time and just being in awe, watching what's happening there. And so they would surround every, every time there was a sparring match, didn't matter who it was. Guys would stop and surround the ring and cheer on one guy or the other. And I was the white guy. <laughs> the only white guy at the time left. Mm-hmm. So they wanted to make sure they wanted to make sure that I was what I was, or I was leaving. So I got my ass handed to me hundreds of times by different guys through different divisions. Mm-hmm. I remember one time, Johnny De La Rosa. Johnny De La Rosa was a lightweight, I think he was a lightweight champion of the world. Lightweight, 127 pounds. I'm walking in 160. I switched my feet one time to try to switch hands on him, trying to be a fancy guy. He threw the uppercut to me. I was on the canvas, couldn't breathe, broke my ribs. So it doesn't matter what size you are once you know how to box. Mm-hmm. Damage can be had. Oh, absolutely. And, <laughs> no and I've still that. got the mark in my ribs. I can show you later on where you can feel the where you can feel where he broke my ribs. So, but just scary, 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 scary fear. Um, my legs would shake all the time going there, and I went every day, every day. Well, Saturday and Sunday you get you get off, but yeah, yeah. Five days a week, 
four or five hours in the gym every day, sparring every day or hitting the bags every day. And if you weren't sparring for a fight you were getting ready for, you were helping someone else in the gym get ready. And they, they weren't, there was no money for it, you were just training, right? Mm -hmm. you, get a, you get an allowance each week, different guys get different allowances. And the, the allowances would have been from whatever your purses are, what the gym took from you at that time to hold on yeah. for your future events so they could pay for you to be there. So, uh, And then Kronk broke away from the gym there and they made another office just outside, and I think it was uh, Royal Oak, where they would train only, so when, when so you train at the old gym, and then when you had a fight coming up, you would go to the new gym where Emmanuel would stay there and only train with championship type guys. Yeah. You gotta think at one time, at one time, Kronk had 42 world champions. That's a lot. <laughs> We're good. Thank you so much for taking the time to do this, man. I really appreciate Did you it. Like it. I love it. All right, all right, all right. There's Todd Naden on the Wind City Sports Podcast. What a guy he is. Thank you, Todd, for taking the time to to meet up with me at the arena at the Atlas Tube Center uh, in Lakeshore, where he lives. Beautiful Lakeshore, as we talked about, and. Uh, yeah, it's cool to, to, again, to hear his story here that he likes to play some hockey as well, you know, get on the ice and stuff like that. Um, imagine him as a pro hockey player. He would have been the guy that you do not want to mess with, that's for sure. Um, some great stories, again, just about Kronk Jim, the Bob Probert, and um, Joey Kosher stuff. I'm, I can only imagine him boxing and sparring with those guys, and yet alone all the other guys that he had to step in the ring with and, like you said, just get his ass handed to him sometime. Uh quite the life to, to, uh, to live as a professional boxer in Detroit, especially back in those days. Now, as I'm speaking here, actually, at the beginning of the show, I was talking about today, uh, at least that I'm recording, was the announcement of Floyd Mayweather and Jake Paul stepping in the ring, and Todd is not impressed about this one. As mentioned, we did our interview on the day of, um, of uh, Mike Tyson and Roy Jones Jr. Uh, stepping into the ring, and, you know... With that going on, of course, he had to give his opinion, and he is not impressed with this, uh, with this new uh, new announcement, this new uh, matchup. So, Todd's a straight shooter; uh, he does not care. And you should follow him on Twitter at Todd Naden. Actually, Todd H Naden is his name. Um, but yeah, we'll see if there's any sports news to talk about. Like again, at the top of the show, I kind of mentioned the uncertainty of uh, of the world and of the sports world and stuff like that. It's certainly ongoing right now. Um, so we're not sure if we're even going to have OHL hockey. I mean, uh, I've heard some rumblings that it will not happen. The, the Quebec League, the QMJHL, they want to play in a bubble uh, similar to the NHL, similar to the World Juniors that are they're struggling to on-go right now. They're trying to, trying to control the COVID outbreaks and all that shit. But, um, man, hopefully we do get to see something, whether if it's in a bubble or not. Uh, maybe do the American teams in their own division. Like, there's, I don't know. I, I, I want things to happen. I want things to get back to normal. And uh, I want these kids to play, you know, their hockey. And I want, uh, I don't want their lives to be so controlled anymore. But that's not what we're here to talk about. Um, the Spitfires are still doing their teddy bear toss on December 11th and 12th. So that's this 
Friday and Saturday. Uh, of course, there's no games, but if you want to donate a teddy bear, you can go down to the WFCU Center, head up the Spitz Gear store there in the community side, and you can drop a teddy bear toy off for donation, or a toy for donation. Actually, I should bring my old hockey cards there that uh, from the Tim Hortons hockey cards this year. I like to always donate those uh, on my doubles, so we'll probably be doing that. Um, aside from that, there's not a lot to talk about this week. Uh, that's why I got to thank Todd for giving me a good interview <laughs> and uh, filling up this this hour here on Win City Sports. Uh, again, just the uncertainty of the world. We did have also Cedric Ben. Uh, I was on Cedric's Cedric's Combat Corner, episode 45, The Return of Two Legends, Mike Tyson versus Roy Jones Jr. Um, not sure if uh, Cedric's going to be still doing his podcast, but I won't really be helping him out producing it anymore. But figure with, again, Mike Tyson stepping in the ring for the first time in what, 15, 16 years, what's due on uh, for for this special event, you know. And uh, now I'm just showing Cedric hopefully how to how to do that on his own and he can continue to pump out those YouTube videos. Local boxing coach that obviously Todd had talked up pretty well. Very, very good coach here in Windsor and is uh, hopefully when we get back to normal, it'll be our coach still at Central Combat Sports um, where I train, used to train. Again, just hoping we can get back to normal. Um, two weeks ago, we had Spencer Jean on the show. I'm just going through the Twitter feed to see what is relevant not uh so we had spencer on two weeks ago and uh i'll be going to see him tomorrow morning my shoulders all messed up again uh check out that interview um also we had uh craig greg crane on the show a couple of years ago and he did a, a zoom chat with uh brian burke a few weeks ago and the next day burkey was on spitting chiclets i'm pretty sure they he did chiclets before or after uh talking to Craner, so that's pretty cool. You know, Guyo in Amherstburg is chatting with him, and then he's on the biggest hockey podcast in the world the next day. Um, we also, we do have one um, Windsorite, actually, in the World Junior uh, camp, at least, Brett Brochu. He plays for the London Knights. He's been their starting goalie for the last couple of years, and he got invited over to the the camp, and uh, I think he's made the team. I'm not, I'm not totally sure, but... Um, we also have the ongoing LaSalle Vipers and Essex 73s Super Series. You can check that out on hockey.tv. But again, just not a lot of news. I'm just trying to ramble on a little bit. and yeah, I think I've had enough. So that is all this week on the Win City Sports Podcast. Sorry for my lack of uh, entertainment this week, I suppose. Um, it went a little hard with the 33. A couple of the 33 boys came down uh, last night. Over the weekend, not much to do, so we kind of just settled down at the Win City headquarters and had some fun, watched the UFC, and uh, yeah. So that is all this week on Win City Sports. My name is Drake DeMore, and I'm here every other Monday with brand new interviews with local athletes, coaches, entrepreneurs, and more. Check us out at wincitysports.com or anywhere podcasts are found, including Spotify and Apple Podcasts. On social media at WinCity underscore sports on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. We also have a YouTube channel, uh, the WinCity Sports YouTube channel. So give us a subscribe there. Give us a review on anything you might use. Give us, hopefully, five stars, five stars, five stars. We'll be back in two weeks with a brand new episode. And then following that, we'll be getting into the new year and see if there will be any changes coming to the podcast. We'll make it, uh, we'll make it clear and make an announcement when that time comes. But... You can also follow me, Drake Demora, on Twitter and Instagram at Drake Demora. But until next time, smell you later. <laughs>